I'd like to invite uh, Sean Sawyers and Simon R. Scott to come on up here. We are uh, going to spend a little time talking to these brothers about uh, church planting. And you better not preach from these stools or we won't support you. But for the interview, for the interview, we'll use stools, okay? Um, grab a microphone if you would. Uh, before, we, uh, before we begin, I, I do want to say just a couple of things uh, about church planting. Church planting, reformed and confessional church planting uh, in a distinctive, uh, conscientious way has been an emphasis of the Twin Lakes Fellowship uh, since its founding. Uh, a lot of uh, church planters find that there's a vacuum in uh, literature and in um, conferences and an emphasis upon planting churches, putting one's confidence in uh, the ordinary means of grace. And uh, so we want to get behind that. We want to support it. We want to let uh, our churches know uh, who is doing what and why we should get behind them. I do want to say just three things about church planting before uh, we begin uh, learning a little bit about, about these guys. Uh, first of all, uh, the planting and strengthening of biblical churches uh, is the primary application of the Great Commission. Uh, when we read our New Testaments, this is just what we see. Uh, so many of the modern-day problems in uh, progressivism and liberalism, if we would just get back to the text, we would all be doing so much better, uh, wouldn't we? Uh, the mission of the church is the church. The health and extension of Christ's kingdom is paramount, not the infinite uh, creation of uh, parachurch ministries or ministry uh, endeavors uh, by everybody and anybody who thinks they're called to some special form of ministry overseas or, or here in the States. The planting and strengthening of biblical churches through the means of grace is what we see the apostles doing in the first century, and it's what we should be doing at home and abroad. And so while we uh, would not uh, want to uh, say no to every other form of ministry and mission besides church planting, we do believe that it should be primary in our emphasis and in our support. Uh, secondly, we as pastors, uh, we should all be involved in some level in church planting, all of us. Uh, we do this uh, through the spread of the gospel and the making of mature disciples through the planting and strengthening of biblical churches. It's imperative that we're praying for church planting, that we are giving generously towards church planting, and that's in some cases that we ourselves go and do it. Uh, there may be some of you, and that's the third thing. I, I mentioned this last year. There are some of you that have particular giftings who have been in established ministries for some time uh, who perhaps may uh, need to think about, seriously, about planting a church in the future. How uh, it's, it's beneficial to have ministry experience like these brothers and then to move into a setting where they're planting churches and making uh, less mistakes. Uh, they're able to bring some gravitas in their preaching and also in their pastoring uh, to this church plant setting. And so this morning we're going to hear briefly from these two men uh, who have answered the call. Uh, one to an ancient town in England, and one to an ancient town in Massachusetts uh, up north. And so, um, uh, Simon, I'll ask you first, tell us briefly about your family, your new call, and from what uh, field of ministry uh, that you came from. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, oh, my, name, my name's Simon, and um, I'm married to Becky, and we've got four children, uh, age seven, five, five, seven, six, four, and two, and we have... Uh, just moved to 
Ilford, which is in East London. I previously was uh, ministering in York, um, up in the north of England. Um, I'm ordained in the International Presbyterian Church, and in York I was involved in a church plant there uh, alongside um, a fellow worker minister there, Matthew Roberts, uh, and that church started six, seven years ago. Um, that started from uh, scratch. Um, York is a, a historic town, uh, a university town, um, and uh, the desire was to, to plant a, a Presbyterian church uh, characterized by uh, preaching, uh, teaching, uh, all the sort of um, the faithful things that churches ought to be doing. And um, so I got experience of church planting there, but yeah, more recently have moved to, to Ilford. When I first heard about Ilford, um, to be honest, it was the... Um, the well, someone, someone, there was an American missionary working there and said, you know, I'm looking for someone to come and work in Ilford. And I thought, uh, that is the last place in the world I want to go and work. Um, so Ilford is an area of high immigration, um, large Pakistani, um, Indian, Bangladeshi community, um, as well as more recently Eastern Europeans, quite a few West Africans. Um, uh, and, and God's done, yeah, uh, God in various ways has challenged me about um, what it is I'm thinking ministry is for and the kind of things I'm um, aspiring for in ministry. The, the, the way in which God has led us there, various means. I was, I was reading Michael Horton's book, Ordinary, uh, which some of you may have seen uh, last year. That was a very, very helpful book in just challenging what am I trying to do in ministry? Why am I ministering? Um, how, how committed are you to, to what you're doing? And so that was very clarifying. And really, um, Ilford is an, so a lot high immigration, but really east, across East London. Um, so so there, there are, I think I'm right in saying there are no confessional, well, there are no confessional Presbyterian churches in East London. Um, uh, there, there's hardly anywhere you can go uh, where you'll have expository ministries. St. Helens, which many of you will know in, in, in the center of London, um, has a few kind of plants, church plants eastward. There's a... Um, uh, you can find, and in them you may, you'll get a bit of expository ministry, but large tracts of East London have nothing. Um, so it really is, there was a lot of support, not just from the presbytery, but from the wider conservative evangelical world for something happening in Ilford. And yet I think it was the lack of appeal that meant there weren't really people willing to go. So um, that's how, in God's providence how he's got us there. Great, thank you so much. Sean, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Sean Cyrus. I'm the senior pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I am uh, 41 years old with five kids, uh, two, four, six, 11, and 15. And there's a partridge in a pear tree somewhere. Um, so I am not the profile uh, for church planter. When the Lord started to stir my heart, I said no a lot. Um, when, I, when mentors challenged me and go, go to M&A assessment and just say, he's like, I've, I've, I've gone to Twin Lakes. I can't go to assessment. They'll fail me immediately, right? <laughs> I, I've heard the rumors, right? M&A assessment was wonderful. It was one of the most encouraging, challenging weeks of my life. I highly recommend it, by the way. All the rumors that I've heard, that you've heard, that we have spread, they didn't happen. They weren't, they weren't true. It was amazing. I highly recommend it. They are looking for more experienced people. They've had several issues with younger guys who have lacked experience in Gravitas and stuff where it hasn't gone well, so they are looking for older, established ministers who don't fit the supposed profile. Um, so... Yeah, so we, we went there. We were immediately contacted by several locations because they're looking for older, more experienced guys. We went to Boston, basically resisting it. I'm not going to go to Boston. That's where all the liberals live. Are you kidding me? I'm in South Carolina. But 
I was very honest with the church planting network up there. I said, look, I, I believe that we should do community service. I believe all those things. But ultimately, God's plan for the salvation of the world is the church. And faithfulness to his revealed means is relevance. That's my heartbeat. That's who I am. Is that going to fit in your network? Like, we want that. Yes. Will you please, will you please come? Mm. So we went to this small group. They have, if you think of Boston as a clock, the main planting church is in the middle. And they've got seven plants from 8 o'clock to about 3 o'clock. And they have nothing in the rest of the clock face. And so they're trying to get me at about 11 o'clock on that clock face to a small group there who, who I knew I was called there. And the small group, kind of the, the, the de facto elder leader said, we've all talked to our neighbors. We've all shared the gospel. They all know the hope of Christ is real in us. But they just don't want to drive all the way to Cambridge. We need somewhere right here because it's in Sunday morning worship where we know God builds his church. Will you come and lead us in public worship? Mm. And I said, you know, I remember Doug Kelly in this room 10 years ago preaching about how Clement of Alexandria said that when the people of God are gathered in worship on the Sabbath day, Satan is defeated. And there's a group of people, Christians in Boston, saying, will you help us defeat Satan in our city by establishing public worship? And who was I to say no? So we're going. So, Simon, tell us about your your core group and uh, what strategies you you have to, to gather uh, people into that core group. Yeah. Um, so we moved at Christmas, and th- there was really no core group. So, so there were two um, U.S. couples, uh, missionaries, who have lived in Ilford for a while, particularly there to reach Muslims. Um, and they've, they've uh, built up a lot of contacts. That They've been doing a lot of work, um, and, uh, and they've been doing all kinds of evangelism. I think the struggle has been there hasn't been a church behind it. There haven't been regular services to, to invite people to, and there's been no you know, gathered congregation. So the, the goal has been to kind of shift a bit what they're doing, and Presbytery have sent me in order to, um, to start services and, um, and to work harder at gathering people. Um, so we're starting from scratch. Um, the yeah, I don't. I have no grand plan um, other than the preaching and opening the Word of God. Uh, Nehemiah eight, he opens the book, and that, that's um, that's what we, we, the plan is. So 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 far we've um, uh, had some sort of introductory evenings, sharing that. Just I've just been preaching about what the church is and convictions about the church. <clears throat> we started a, our first Sunday service um, on on Easter Sunday, so just two two days ago. So uh, we had um, we had about thirty five people there. Um, uh, including children, so, so it's, it's small, and that will easily go down to 10 next week. I'm not, it's, we're, we're very, very, not, nothing has started yet, really, but we started, when I say nothing started, we started worship, and, and so something has started. But um, it will, it's early days, and, um, but the desire is to, um, the, the glory of the gospel that is encapsulated in the, the Westminster Confession of Faith is what drives me and is, um, is driving our presbytery, and uh, yeah, that's our, our strategy. Sean, you're, you haven't even moved up there yet. You just announced to your congregation you're leaving, so you're going through a lot right now. Uh, but what do, you, what do you hope to... to uh, what's waiting there for you right now in terms of a core group, and how do you hope to, uh, to expand that? Um, what's waiting there right now is there's uh, two elder families, a deacon family, and then a, a church member family. So there's eight adults and about ten children um, spread out over an area of 100,000 people, and they've been meeting prayerfully as a small group for about three years, praying for a church planter to come. They worship at um, Christ the King Cambridge um, on Sunday mornings, which during the, on Sunday morning is a 13-minute drive. During the week, it's an hour drive. 
And so they, they've, been, they've been looking for a church in their neighborhood. Boston is a city of neighborhoods. Each neighborhood has its own identity. So we're looking at the area of Wakefield. And, um, yeah, we're building relationships, and we're looking to basically start services. It's interesting. Uh, I know we've got times. So it's very quickly. Boston is not hostile to the gospel. It thinks of the gospel as it thinks of the 8-track. It doesn't, basically. But if it encounters someone who's serious about it, more often than not, it's curiosity and openness, not hostility. People have, have over and over again told me in some form or another, when someone finds out they're serious about Jesus and they think Jesus was a real person, tell me about Jesus. You think he's real? Wow. What's that about? And so there's an openness there to God's people. So really the, what we're going in with is the idea of people need to see the gospel in us in order to hear the gospel from us. Hmm. And we've got to get to the hearing part. A lot of church plants stall at the service because that's easy. doesn't cost anything. We've got to get to the hearing. And so that's what we're going in with, people showing our neighbors the gospel so they can hear the gospel from us. I find that there is, and I don't know if you, you all have seen this, but there's often this dichotomy that's, that's brought where, you know, guys either are, you know, and I'm talking about reform and confessional guys. They're either so pumped up about uh, the preaching and the theological and doctrinal confessional side of things that they, they don't spend a lot of time with people. They aren't investing in people. And then you have those that say, well, that theology stuff, that seems to really obstruct time with people. So we're going to put that on the back burner and we're going to make people this. But I think a beautiful combination is, uh, is preaching faithfully, uh, teaching our people our confession uh, without backing off of it one inch. But then loving them, loving them in their homes, spending time with them during the week, and really investing. That, that combination is powerful, I think, in church planting. Um, sounds like that's what you guys are going there to do. Um, how, what are your needs, and how, how can we pray for you? Sean, I'll start with you. Um, my needs are significant. Uh, Boston is an incredibly expensive place to live. Um, my session, my current session has graciously granted me a four-and-a-half-month transition period where I'm expected at the church on Sunday morning, but then they've given me freedom to fundraise. Um, and they're also considering probably going to do it, extending my housing allowance for the next three years to, as support. Wow. So um, we have to have $65,000 cash in hand and then 65000 pledged to move and to the field. And then once we're there, we have to raise another $400,000. So um, I'm in significant need right now, honestly, of, of support. Of, I could use... One-time gifts, primarily, since my home, my current church is going to take care of the, the required um, pledge support. If your churches could help out, if you have individuals, I would love to talk with you, even if it's as small as a hundred bucks. I just significant one-time gifts just to get me there, so then we can start the significant fundraising. Um, would be would be great. Boston's incredibly expensive, and I have five children, and the, the Lord's going to provide. He's provided the call thus far. And, Perhaps some of you are that answer. But that's, and your wife's going to go with you? My wife's going to go with me. My kids are going to go with me. We're all going to do it. Even She's we, happy about we, this? My wife is excited about this. My 15-year-old daughter went with us on our prospecting trip, and she announced to us within about half a day, she looked at my wife and I, and she goes, well, Dad, I hope the Lord calls you here because he's called me here. And I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're excited as a family for this next phase of gospel ministry. We could use your prayers, and we could use some financial support, please. Come talk to me. I have stuff here. I'd love to meet with you or if you could give me some other ideas. I'd appreciate that. Simon, how can we pray for you? Um, thank you. So, the, yeah, so finances are, um, are also part, part of um, our need. We're very thankful for how God has provided really for this first year. Um, but longer term, London, again, is very expensive. And uh, having, you know, having some U.S. churches supporting us longer term would be 
um, a wonderful blessing, um, just yeah, building relationships and, and being prayed for by congregations over here. In, Presbyterianism in England is minuscule, and so it is, it, it's, it's obvious to look to the places where the church is stronger and where the church has resources, and it is the case that um, a lot of you, yeah, there, are, there are resources here that can be a great blessing to the International Presbyterian Church, so um, prayer for God to, to provide and for links to be made. Um, and particularly, I suppose, at this stage, just for God to bring some um, key, enthusiastic, teachable uh, Christians along. I think that, that's just, just having one or two families with a teachable spirit, um, with a bit of an, um, zeal, would be wonderful. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let us pray, brothers. Father, we thank you so much uh, for Sean, uh, for Simon, for their uh, wives, for their families. Uh, for this commitment that they've made to establish uh, new churches in London and in Boston. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for their confidence, uh, not confidence in themselves, not confidence in ministry techniques or strategies, but confidence uh, in your word and in your spirit. Confidence that Christ uh, will be true to his promise to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We pray, Lord, for these brothers, that you would empower them, strengthen them, fill them with your spirit. Pray for godliness and purity and piety uh, to be true in their lives so that from that place of personal godliness would flow forth a a sincere uh, public ministry, uh, trumpeting forth the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, would you build your church in London and in Boston through these uh, dear brothers, and would you provide for all of their needs uh, financially, and spiritually as they go forth. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.